Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online. SunburyMotors.com, Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. And great warranties and great end-of-the-year deals. Great pre-owned inventory with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it all up every step of the way. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. I believe Greg Wetzel and the Chief, Dave Richie, are in the studio. Gentlemen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, a little frazzled, uh, just got, just walked in and sat down, but uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, because you're not used to actually having to walk in and talk right away. You don't usually don't talk till the third quarter. Uh, so, um... <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin's sitting right next to me. But he doesn't have headphones on, though, Steve, so... Oh, can't hear a word I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Um... Just so you know, I, I you know I can listen to. <laughs> well, that'll double the podcast ratings. All right, so <laughs> I want to start with Dave and Kevin. Did you talk at all on the way over about how you needed to approach it? What are we throwing? What, what, excuse me, are we throwing stuff around the studio? What's going on? Kevin's putting on Greg's headphones right now. So why don't you start over again? I will start over again because obviously Greg came prepared and the professional broadcaster did not. All right, so uh, <laughs> for moral support. Anybody that listens to the broadcast knows that too. <laughs> and as we continue to circle a fogged in airport, we'll go back to the original question. So, as the two of you were going over to Thompson Street Stadium on, on uh, Monday night, what did you talk about as, as the approach, and what did it take to pull that approach off on Saturday, considering the awful emotion around it? I, I think you know we were going through the normal routine uh, most of the most of the way up, and it was just like a normal game. When we got there, uh, everything kind of changed because everything kind of hit you at once. And while we were doing the pregame. Dave, you even mentioned this. You know, we we started we started talking about everything that was going on. We talked about all the funds that were being raised, the GoFundMe page that was already over fifty thousand dollars. And then they had a moment where I believe it was a superintendent that came in and made a uh, made a little bit of a speech, and then everything went completely silent. But the moment that I think it hit us both, and and Dave, you mentioned it on the broadcast. Shikalami's offense gets the ball to start. They come out with four players, the four offensive captains, and took a knee and took a delay a game. And at that moment, the stadium entirely went, it went completely silent. And then when they realized what was going on, everyone stood up. And no matter what 
color jersey you were wearing or what color or what team you're supporting it was just an enormous round of applause for a really a really classy moment Kevin Kevin uh, had talked to me about the opening and I did not I did not he actually hear what he said until he said it, but uh, Steve, I, I don't know how anybody could have done it any better, to be honest with you. And it was, uh, it was, it was well written, it was well read, and uh, it, it got to the point. So, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was something. If, he's, if as far as talking about things, and he did tell me that we were gonna we were gonna have a little moment of silence too after he was done with the intro. It was it was. Uh, I've never been to a sporting event where all of a sudden uh, you could hear a pin drop yeah and uh, it was it was pretty pretty uh, somber all right and uh, and, and uh, you know we didn't make mention of this on the broadcast somebody actually brought it to my attention David when Jersey Shore came out for their offensive series after the punt by Shikalimi they brought out 10 players mm -hmm. and took a knee and I didn't really count up at that particular moment, but that was their way. Yeah, they usually of run a double same. tight end. And, yeah, uh, they were minus one tight where end. Angle was, yeah. Where he lined up, they didn't have anybody there. So, Steve, I, one of the things that I that I thought this was really neat was before it even the game even started, before Kevin and the, and myself and the crew got out of the out of the vehicle, uh, the Shikalimi special teams players oh, yeah. and and uh, you know the, they they were walking onto the field, and they got. They got a uh, well. They, they were standing up, but it would have been a standing ovation from the entire Jersey Shore fans as they walked through. And I think they realized that the Braves had a number four on their helmet, and they truly appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I've gone through a couple of these. One, of course, it was the Purdue game in 2000 after Adam Talaferro had been hurt, and then the other one was when Chris Street of Iowa was hit by the snowplow and killed, and they postponed the game, and then they played Penn State next. And they actually had back-to-back -back games. Penn State then had to go out to Iowa for it. So yeah, I've, I've I've sat in the chair before. I know what it's I know what it's like. Yeah, and 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 of course Kevin's getting a phone oh, call. Oh no, that's no. not me this time. It's, it's, it's my phone call. So I'll, <laughs> uh, anyway, I apologize. Oh, for and that. there's Sherwood Forest too. Yeah, sure. I got a text <laughs> message and. Uh, uh, you know what? The longer I'm around Kevin, the more I'm turning into him. All right. uh, that's just not exactly an achievement. Oh, my goodness. I would never put that in a resume. All right, uh, <laughs> and to, to, to get back to what you were saying earlier, Steve, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, as you know, I often script these moments because I don't want to say the wrong thing, and I want to make sure what I'm saying comes out the way I intend. So sure. I kind of had the open script, and I took most of that from what the family statement was because I'm reading yeah, this. Sure. I, I'm right. reading this and I'm thinking I'm not going to be able to word this any better than they did. So yeah. I took bits, bits and pieces of that and, and factored it in. But I kind of took it after what you had done to be honest with you, Steve. And this is one thing that Dave and I talked about. Uh, I kind of took the uh, idea of what you did when Joe had passed and you had a basketball game coming. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was the approach that I took about that for those first few moments of the broadcast. Yeah. Hey, Steve, I got to tell you mm -hmm. something that if you don't believe in a higher person governing or watching over us, uh, how ironic or how great was the fact that uh, it was bad for uh, Brody Raybuck, but his the first interception he threw was picked off by uh, uh, the Angle Boys' best friend, yeah. and he took it in yeah. for a pick yeah. six. That was, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, the, those things uh, you can't script. And four interceptions and four, in the game? And four, yeah, four in interceptions the in the game. And 
number four. So, yeah, yep. And Jersey Shore won the game sixty-one to twelve. Yes. Uh, when you talked to the, sh- I don't know if you guys talked to the Shikalemi players at all. I did a little bit on uh, Thursday night. Uh, yeah, it was Thursday night, I believe it was last week. Uh, what What were they thinking? Well, you know, they were kind of the, the consensus of it was this is a guy who played a game that I played. You know, he's my age, and yeah. this. And at that time, you know, he was uh, Max was in the hospital. He had not. He, he had not turn. passed away. Right. Yet. Right. Yeah. We knew he took a turn. So the the conversation with some of the guys were the the fact that you know th- this. It was almost like a reality. At that age, mortality is something you don't think about. I mean, you really don't. Uh, When you get our age, mortality is something you think about every morning. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, they were hit with it, you know, in that week of the realism of life, quite honestly. And now with the adjustment in schedule, they will play Seals Grove on Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, And everybody has worked together to help out with this. Uh, that That's what's been so, uh, again, great about this, is the way everybody has worked together because they understood they had to work together to, because everybody needed Jersey Shore to play Mifflinburg on Saturday night, Seelands Grove play Shikolimi on Saturday night. Uh, okay, so, but you have to go play football. They have to go play. So, guys, how do you look at the man? And we'll get Zach's thoughts on this in a few minutes, but what's your thought now on going into this game on Saturday night, especially at home? Well, you're gonna they're gonna play a team that's just as good or maybe better than the Jersey Shore team. Yeah. Uh, this this line, both offense and defense for Seals yeah. Grove, has been waiting in the wings for the last two years. They take their lumps, and uh, they they are really good. And so I'll I'll say what Coach Kaiser wrote in the paper. He said the Braves are going to have to be physical, or it could be the same result as as the game against Jersey Shore. I mean, you got to be truthful about it. Our kids are. I mean, there were five or six freshmen that were that were starting on either side of the ball for the Braves, and I was proud of the way they played. Uh, but they they they're going to have to realize that uh, they're they're going to probably have to you know step it up a little bit better if if they don't want the same results. You know, you mentioned freshmen. I, I asked Jim Kaiser that the head coach a couple of weeks ago. I said, when do they stop becoming freshmen? And he said. I hope by week six or seven at the latest. We're, we're getting there. So and <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve, this is a really good seal. They, they have they have uh, probably one of the best wide receivers and probably one of the best backs. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be. It's it, of course it's going to be on our field, which will be which will be a positive. And uh, I I you know let's I'm I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say the Braves are going to play much better against Seals Grove. Uh, they got mm-hmm. over the emotional uh, difficulties they might have had at Jersey Shore, and now they're going to play their Cross River rival. And, and you have to be careful that the emotions don't go in the other direction with this game. How many Shikolami Seelands Grove games have we watched over the years where, you know, both teams have come up so high for that game and made mistakes that way? You know, that that's the other yeah, side of yeah. things you have to be careful about in this particular game. And the weather is going to be a big question mark. I mean, for the first time ever, we're going to have uh, a game at Shikolami Stadium on turf with the rain. You don't know. You've never been on this turf in the rain. You don't know what it's going to Is it going to be a little slick to get things started? Some turf fields or uh, field turf fields are very slick when it first starts to rain. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh that will be on Saturday night. Now, Greg, I know you're there. 
if Kevin, if you if you could give if Kevin, if you could give Greg his headphones back, since Greg was the only one that walked in prepared to do the segment. I'm back. And I'm glad you are. Uh, uh, look, Southern Columbia beats a lot of people like that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, in some ways, the, I mean, you as a staff, you have to be mad. As a player, you have to be mad. But it's also not unexpected either. They've got Central Columbia this week on Friday night. Right. So how do they need to approach that? And how easy or difficult is it to put something like last week in the rearview mirror? Well, you know, it's in the rearview mirror. I was at practice uh, two days this week. It is in the rearview mirror. The kids are... Uh, upbeat. They think it's a game they can win. Um, and, and against Southern Columbia, the score looked terrible, and it was terrible. But they threw five first-half interceptions. One that was returned for a touchdown. The other two set up short fields of 30 yards or less. When Southern Columbia had to drive the ball, which which they did, but it was always third down and three, third down and four, you know, Uh Lewisburg didn't play bad defensively. They just couldn't get the stop to get off the field. So they felt good about that. Um, special teams, they returned a kick 97 yards for a touchdown. And they had um, two, other, two other returns that were outside the 40-yard line. So they felt good about themselves special team-wise. Uh, and again, this is a team that played Montoursville, same score almost as Lewisburg against Montoursville, so they're confident. They feel they can win this game. Uh, matchups, always yeah. important anytime. It's hard to match up with Southern Columbia because they have enough right. matchups that are in their favor when it starts with. Better matchup personnel-wise individually with some of the Central Columbia players? Yeah, definitely, Steve. Uh, they Southern, I'm sorry, Central Columbia and Lewisburg are almost identical. Inexperience at quarterback, they have good uh, leadership at skill positions, linebackers, uh, wide receivers, tight ends. They're upperclassmen that, that they're, and running backs. That's who they give the ball to, and they expect to get the yardage done. It's not the quarterback to win the game. It's the, the other players to do that job for them. And so they're very similar. Uh, it's just which team shows up and uh, performs better. Uh, sometimes you can play a team like Southern Columbia. You can, you know, you can come out of the game and yeah, you didn't win, but you also come out of the game a little more bumped and bruised too. They get out of the game okay. Yep, they're healthy. They're as healthy as they've been all year. All right. Yep. Okay, that'll be the Friday night game on one hundred point nine, the Valley. Zach Showers. We have Zach on the line now for the Sealands Grove part of it. Hello, Zach. I got, I got a soccer. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. Great to be with you. Uh, okay, forty-two to seven. Go out, beat Shemokin. Uh Did you did you feel that all the phases came to play last week? Yeah, I absolutely did. It was definitely I would describe it as a very businesslike effort. Uh, Salem's Grove came out. They uh, Shemokin actually uh, recovered an onside kick on the first play of the game, and then the first play from scrimmage, uh, Salem's Grove pick off picked off a pass. And it was one of uh, four turnovers that they were able to force three interceptions. 
And offensively, they scored on six of the first seven drives in the first half and didn't really need to play a starter um, after halftime. So especially after a very physical first three weeks, um, the team was very healthy, but it was nice to be able to have a night where they just came out and really executed, took care of business against the team that um, they were expected to win, and they were able to relax for a second half, and we were able to get out of there around 9 o'clock last week. So Not not bad at all. Now, Zach, what about the ability, uh, you know, we talk about complementary football. Has the offense been able to take advantage of really good field position that defense gives them? Yeah, they, they definitely had uh, have, and uh, last week was definitely the case. Um, with, with those turnovers and uh, honestly a, a big thing has just been special teams too yeah um, i talked a little bit about it with carter young um, i think he has nine of 22 touchbacks and is averaging almost 58 yards on a, a kickoff so it's very very few times where the other team's offense doesn't have to go between 75 and 80 yards to score and anytime you have a good defense and you're able to get a couple stops and get the ball in good field position. All right, so this week, of course, it is the showdown at Shikalimming. Again, matchups are important. What's the approach needed by Seals Grove? Because let's face it, they would be the team that would be on the favorite side. I, I think it's a very similar, very similar thing to Shemokin. Um, I think if you look at this Objectively, um, Seals Grove is definitely the favorite. Um, anytime you're playing in a game that's a rivalry game, um, you can expect there to be a little bit more juice with that. But I think talking matchups, I think one area of strength um, that is a, a big, good matchup for Seals Grove is just the offensive line. Um, I know Schick's defense has given up a lot of yardage, um, especially in the running game. So. That is definitely Seals Grove's strength right now. Uh, Tucker Teets had over 160 yards last week on 10 carries, and he's at a point where he's almost averaging a first down every time he touches the ball. Wow. Um, so that's really an area where I think Seals Grove can uh, – they're always going to be a run-first team this year, but they've also been able to get the passing game going. Uh, they righted that ship a little bit last week. Um, so it's definitely complementary football, but – I think this is an area where Seals Grove just needs to go out and um, just do their thing offensively. And uh, defensively, um, talking to Coach Hicks, um, this year they switched to a 3-4 defense as opposed to a 3-5. Yes. And uh, Schick's going to spread you out and try to throw the ball around a little bit. And just with having the two-safety look, there's a little bit less adjustment going into a matchup against a spread team because um, I think – I wouldn't say a concern, but the first couple of weeks it's primarily been run first team. So I think for this team to continue to grow, to see a, a good spread team this week and um, another team that can throw the ball over the place in Mifflinburg next week, uh, that's going to be good for this defense. And uh, as a Seals fan and broadcaster, hopefully uh, to get some turnovers off that as mm -hmm. well because that's been an area where Shikolini's really struggled. That's great, Zach. Zach, thank you so much. As always, appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. And, uh, uh, Gray, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin and Dave, uh, just very quickly, one more time to each of you, just for me to say what an absolutely brilliant job with how you handled everything on Monday night. It is uh, impossible for the family. It is impossible for the friends. 
It's impossible for the Jersey Shore team. Uh, but as broadcasters, you had to do something uh, to recognize it and to uh, set the tone for the evening. The two of you did that and did a great job in the game itself. So I want to make sure everybody knows what a fabulous job you did. All right. We will take a break. And we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thanks to Zach Showers talking about Sealands Grove, Greg Wetzel talking about Lewisburg, and Kevin Herr and Dave Ritchie talking about Shikalimi on our high school roundtable. Always a great feature every week because uh, we know how much the Valley values and loves its high school football. And we have the announcers that can give you the best information every single week, and that's why we talk to them every week. They are fabulous uh, at what they do. Great, great respect on my end for all of them. And uh, the game between Shikalimi and uh, Seals Grove will be Saturday night. Okay. And that game will be on WKOK. Of course, uh, Penn State football is an Eagle 107. Hello. I don't know how we're doing this on Saturday night. Are we... Nobody did tell me about that. So, Seals grows on Eagle 107. Where's Penn State football on Saturday night? Must have missed that one in the staff meeting. That's right. I don't go to the staff meetings. <laughs> Final half hour coming up on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in New inventory, gray pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department, too. Life of the vehicle, and your vehicle has a better life because you're going to Sunbury Motors to get it taken care of. Routine, difficult, whatever it may be. They handle it. That way, when it comes time to trade in for your next SMC vehicle, it's already in great shape. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So if you're wondering about uh, football on Saturday night, Seals Grove Shikolami has been moved to uh, 94KX. Okay. And the Penn State game with Iowa will still be on Eagle 107. So as you're driving home from the Shikalimi, actually, as you're driving into 
Seals Grove Sugar Lemon. You can listen to the pregame show, and as you're driving home, when the game is over with, you can listen to the game on Eagle 107. Okay? So there you go. Um, big weekend. Matt, of course, has a new baby. John Paul Catrillo, born yesterday morning at 347, I think, let's say. Seven pounds, seven ounces, 19 inches long, doing well. And, of course, this weekend, all five Catrillos will be home together. And John Paul and Luke and Mark and Lisa and Matt will all be sitting there. And you know, Luke and Mark and Lisa will all want to watch the Penn State game, and Matt will want to watch Notre Dame. It's a sad situation. Very sad. But after a weekend where there were a lot of interesting games that turned out in hindsight over the weekend, in hindsight over the weekend, you know, South Alabama beat Oklahoma State, Ohio University beat Iowa State, Texas-Wyoming went to the fourth quarter, tied. Alabama had to fight its way past South Florida. Georgia was had to have a big second half to win over South Carolina. This week, in terms of matchups going in, there are a lot of exciting matchups, including Florida State-Clemson. That's the noon game to get things rolling. And it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams do react. I'm going to be interested to see how Michigan State reacts. Michigan State's reaction is going to be interesting because they went out and played, and to be honest with you, the result was what I thought it would be. I thought that not only would Washington win, I thought there was a good chance they would blow them out, and did, 41-7. to A, Washington's really good, and Michigan State... Going through problems. Now they've got Maryland this weekend. That, to me, is a really interesting game at 3.30. Really interesting game. Giants at 49ers. There's no Saquon Barkley tonight. Games at Levi's Stadium, Santa Clara. 49ers have been playing great. Excellent defense. Daniel Jones is going to have to carry the load with Saquon out. And that is a very difficult assignment for him on the road. They're coming off a great win coming from behind to beat Arizona. But it's going to be a very difficult game across the across the board. And it's Amazon Prime tonight. Now, look, it's better than what and ESPN's got go to Coastal Carolina, Georgia State tonight. You know, I said this the last couple of weeks. I think I said it last season, too. ESPN used to move those games to Thursday night, like that memorable Florida State-Virginia game, which was phenomenal. Work done in those guys. 
And Thursday night started to really catch on and be a thing, and the NFL just swooped in and took it. That's it. You're done. We'll take Thursday night. Okay. Now they get over a billion dollars a year from Amazon Prime to carry the games. Wow. But you have Giants at 49ers tonight, and they'll, you know, ESPN's throwing, they have games on Thursdays, but they are not, for the most part, quote, meaningful matchups. Virginia Tech made a living playing on Thursday night. But, yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. It just don't, you know, it's just not there. Uh, I guess we saw what Shadur Sanders has a Rolls Royce. Really? Well, I'm over here driving an escape with a. <laughs> I already have a career. The problem his team is going to have with the Oregon game. There's no doubt. I don't care who Colorado's playing. Colorado will score. They have a good offense. Sean Lewis has done a really good job with them. Shadour Sanders is obviously talented. I had said in the offseason, eh, you know, eh, he was a three-star guy. He's now playing in you know the higher level. He probably will end up playing like a three-star guy, blah, blah, blah. Right? No, I was wrong. As you know in the show, when I've been wrong about something, I have not hesitated to say, you know what, I didn't get it right. It's okay. Guess what? I think it gives you more legitimacy in sitting in the chair and doing it that when you're, that you can say, nah, I didn't quite get that one right. When you're not saying that, that means that you have the confidence to feel that you are right on other topics. And... On this, I was not right. He has played exponentially better than I thought he would. And I give him all the credit in the world. I thought, yeah, it's a really terrific FCS quarterback. But here, you know, you know the guys he's playing against with the speed they have and so forth. Nope. He's been terrific. There's no doubt Colorado can score. The problem is Colorado has given up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of points to TCU. They gave up a lot of points to Colorado State. This is Bo Nix and Oregon. They will score. And I don't think, despite how well Colorado has played offensively at this point, that they have enough offense to for Colorado to win. I just I don't think. I think Oregon's going to win by at least 10 points. And a big part of it is going to be uh, the fact that Colorado, especially not, I mean, they've been struggling defensively with Travis Hunter out there. They won't have Travis Hunter at all. 
And I just you look at the next three, you know, the next two weeks starting Saturday with Oregon and USC. I would not doubt that the Colorado defense in the end gives up between sixty and seventy points total the next two weeks. Total, not not in a game. Total. The question is, can they score sixty or seventy points? I'm not so sure. And that's something that you see with USC's defense is, by the way, no better than okay. Don't let all the takeaways fool you. And takeaways are great for any defense, but, man, they give up a lot of yardage and they give up a fair amount of points. They still do. That that really hasn't changed for them. But the USC offense... Colorado's going to have a difficult time stopping them, and they're going to have a difficult time stopping Oregon's uh, offense. And that's going to be the issue, not the fact that Colorado scored. No, 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 no. Colorado will score. They will score points. The problem they're going to have is the amount of points they give up. That's the issue. No, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alabama A&M are playing tonight at ESPNU. I guess I missed that game. And, of course, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina. That game will be down in Myrtle Beach tonight on the uh, teal field. Major League Baseball, Rays, Angels, 2-2, bottom of the fifth. Brewers lead the Cardinals 6-0, bottom of the sixth inning. Brewers have put a lot of offense on the board today. And let's see. Let's see. Brewers. Caratini is homered in the game. Perkins is homered. Yeah. They're up 6 nothing. Uh, Angels Rays. Bottom of the fifth inning down in Tampa. And... Uh, Paredes was able to double, knock in uh, one. Aranda grounded out the second, he knocked in one. So now the game the game is now 2-2 in the bottom of the fifth. Wow, it's amazing. One point, the Angels were over 500 now. They're 69-83. and 83. Wow. How about that? 69-83. and 83. Shohei Otani. It's going to be interesting what happens with Otani. Everybody kept talking about he's going to get $500 million and so forth. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Next year, he'll be able to hit. He won't be able to pitch next year. won't be until 2025 he can pitch again. Take a break. Wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK, okay? <laughs> Nothing like going to the holiday party and watching the suit in a white suit thrust his index finger into the air to the beat of this song. It usually clears the room. All right. uh, Iowa football. Uh, Football players Arlen Bruce, Reggie Bracey, Jack Johnson, basketball player Aaron Eulis have all reached their agreements. Uh, let's at least point out that, for example, um, 
Bruce transferred to Oklahoma State. He is currently on suspension. Bracey transferred to Troy. He's on suspension. Uh, Johnson is off the program at Iowa. And Eulis is a basketball player who is still on the roster that Nebraska has listed with Fred Hoiberg. Uh, they were able to reach plea deals last week, and they have all agreed to pay a fine. The fine is, for each, $645. That's it. So it's a $645 fine. All the athletes were alleged to have registered on the DraftKings sports wagering app with accounts under the names of other people, usually family members, to disguise their identities as NCAA athletes. And each one, when they did this, happened to be under the legal gambling age of 21 at the time. Okay. So that paragraph right there, for anybody who is saying that the NCAA or the schools are doing a bad job of communicating this to athletes, that tells you right there that that argument is absolutely wrong. Why? Well, if they're using names of other people, usually family members, that means they know the rules. They didn't just stumble into it. Oh, they used my, okay, they found out my name. Uh, no, you used a fake name. And because they used a fake name, they know the rules. It's as simple as that. Uh, This is not going to be, unfortunately, the last story we're going to hear about this. And I don't mean just Iowa. It's something they are... The issue with having phones happen to be great. You break down on the side of the road, you have a phone. You need to communicate with somebody because you're in the store at the time or whatever. You want to call your wife. Hey, look, hey, I'm up at the store. What do you need to pick up? You got a phone. You just want to sit there and talk to a talk to a friend, whatever, you have a phone. Okay. You want to look up online what uh, Penn State's all time whiteout record happens to be, you got a phone. You want to sit there and check in on scores of other games, you have a phone. On and on and on you go. You want to sit there and you want to Order online, uh, whether it's something for yourself or food. Okay, we're going to go to, you know, I want to get food from X restaurant tonight. I use my phone. I can go online. So phones have all these great uses. But they also are a window to everybody else on the planet that can get into your information. And all these guys are using phones to make the bets. Well, what do you think the feds are doing? What do you think that the Iowa investigators were doing? They were able to track the phones. That's how they got them. With all the great conveniences that your phone gives you and all the great luxuries that your phone gives you, it also gives others out there the ability to track your phone and what you're using your phone for. And that's what happened in this case. In these cases, six Iowa State athletes are in Ames, and so far their 
Cases are not settled yet. But that's what that's what people have to understand. They have to understand that their phone could be tracked. You have to understand your phone could be tracked. Whatever you're looking for, whatever information is on there, they can track it. And that is what happened with these athletes. They got it was tracked. Now it ended up being a six hundred forty-five dollar fine, but you know, and I've got to check and see what they want to do about Euless at Nebraska. That's going to be Fred Hoiberg's call, or maybe Trev Albert's call, because he transferred there. The other transfers, Bruce to Oklahoma State and Tracy to Troy, they've been suspended. This is, that's the issue that these young people are facing. Because, yeah, they'll, you know, they would, of course, use their phone to do it. Well, guess what they're tracking? That's why I laughed when somebody said, oh, they might put in a casino with a sports book over at the Nittany Mall where Macy's used to be. You know, what could possibly go wrong? You know, so close to a campus. These people are not going to sports book. They're using their phones to do this. They're using their phones. And every single coach and athletic director dreads. Because nobody knows. But they're out there and they're all looking. And I've, I said once, I'll say it again. The Alabama baseball case tells you everything you know about how diligent they are about this. A, it's Alabama baseball, so it's more into the no offense, who cares category. The bet was not made in Birmingham or Mobile or Huntsville or Tuscaloosa. Nope. The bet was made in Cincinnati, Ohio at Great America Ballpark. Really? That's how diligent they are with this. That's why anybody, you or a young person or an athlete, have to do everything they can to resist that kind of temptation if you don't want to if you don't want to quote get caught. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley. We are WKOK Sunbury.